bing bada boom. We're good, right? Hi. <laughs> bada bing bada boom. Bada boom. Yo. <laughs> We're in. The uh, the lazy podcast edition, so that we didn't have to set up the actual setup. No, it's, that's not true. I know. It's so it's so that we can like do something different and new for coming back. That's very true. Kick it off, LV Pizzle. Wait to undersell it. Kick it off, LV Pizzle. Move your chair into the middle more. Look at you, you're just listen chilling me, in the logo. Listen to me, if we're doing a live podcast, okay? Yeah. You're gonna have to bear with me, because this is I can't. You want me to? I can only mm. go. I gotta go where my mic's at. My mic is this way. We'll pull it over. Uh, pull it where? Okay, you can't go over anymore. No, it's stuck. It, I can't. It's listen, you this is the, this is the gaming setup here. Okay, you gotta bear right. with me. We won't. We won't f with the magic over here. Thank okay? you. We just got six. So. Dear God, sit up straight, man. <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, I'm actually not joking. It does bother me. Um. Do you want to show what we're drinking? We I have the. Have coffee I, I just want you to know, I have the power of the stream here. I will end it. I promise you. <laughs> That's fine. You'll have you'll have a lot of people annoyed with you, including me. <laughs> okay, so we both have a coffee, guys, <clears throat> and hello. Welcome back to Two Times the Grind. We've missed you very much, um, and there's nothing really else, you know we can say about why we haven't been doing it other than honestly life yeah life just gets in the way sometimes um you know it just is what it is but we have some new beans to try out and uh jenna and brad while we were in seattle we actually were gifted this gorgeous 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 bag look how pretty this is uh beautiful smells amazing as well uh called ghost rider so what a perfect halloween edition uh, in terms of beans to have on today, considering Happy Halloween. It is Halloween today. Happy Halloween. Um, so this is by Proud Mary Coffee Roasters. Um, <laughs> it is loud, fruity, deep, full-spectrum blend. It has three gold medals in terms of awards. I don't that's know pretty, where the uh, Coffee Olympics was or when, but... Yeah. Okay. All right. And then it's also the Golden Bean USA Award, too. Uh, the process was natural, and its notes are milk chocolate. Red grape, blueberry, and a syrupy mouthfeel. And this is the wild. So I'm guessing it's a it's a dark roast, but it's the wild. Uh, there is mild, curious, and wild, which is a very cute way to uh, say light, medium, and dark roasts. I'm very excited to try it out. I'm going to take my first sip. It's delicious. Oh, of course you have. <laughs> it is a delicious mm. cup of coffee. Oh, God, that is actually really good. I did put... Um, I did cross <clears throat> up some cream and milk for it, so you get all cozy for Halloween. And I popped in some pumpkin spice as well. Ooh. A little touch of Madagascar vanilla. Um, yeah, so we've really, we've kind of really gone for it with this, uh, with this coffee today for Halloween. But yeah, this does taste absolutely incredible. Um, where to begin, babes? Because it's been a while. It's been, a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I always say this, like when we get on the podcast, like it's been a while. This is really, this is taking the piss. Hopefully it's the last time we actually yeah. say that. Cause we've said now, like mm. it's still, like, there's not really an off season. So for the most part, life's still going to be like unbelievably busy, but we feel like the start of infinite until worlds, there's just a whole, and you know, your work and stuff you were doing, there's just a whole lot of stuff 
going yeah. on all the time. So I feel like well, it's I, just I a feel lot like of things going yeah. on, like rumors about you know ch- team changes <clears throat> and just like lots of personal things, and it was just a bit nuts, wasn't it? Family, it, family visiting, at, you know. Yeah, true. We got to get better at like just plowing through it. That's true. I do agree. You know, I do agree. Gazman, look, you got to get that coffee in. It is. It's the thing to start the day. It's like it's like the keys for the car. You know, you can't. <laughs> Can't take trips without coffee. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Snipe Down retiring? We've already got some questions coming in. All right. I mean, you, we could do questions now. I don't mind. Doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah, we'll just do it. Th- we'll just litter them through the through the pocket. I think this is going to be the best part about being live is that we have conversations with the peeps. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Very true. Um. So, how do you feel about Snipe Down retiring? Um. Well, so like, I feel like. <sighs> I've I've talked to my stream now about this a couple times. I feel like obviously like it's sad that he isn't going to be like competing in Halo anymore. Um, the main one coming up is uh, Snipe Down, and then obviously Scump, um, which we can talk about too. But I feel like there's just a big difference in retirement like nowadays because like even if even though you're retiring, like it doesn't mean you're like going away or like you're not going to be seen. Like, you know, Eric is probably he's streaming more than he probably has probably all throughout infinite. He's going to be competing in apex. Um, obviously it's still sad. He won't be in halo, but I don't know. Does that make sense? Like retiring now just feels like really different to what, like you gotta remember I'm like old. So like retirement for me was like, yo, you're going off to college or going to work or you're starting a family and, the Halo player retiring was like, yeah. you're never going to see them again, basically. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. So it's sad in terms of a competition front, but I mean, like I literally have Eric stream open on another monitor right now. Like you're not, he's not going anywhere per se. Yeah. I guess if I'm you're not a fan I of Halo, with you. I guess if you're not a fan of Halo, he is going somewhere. He's, he's gone, yeah. you know, for the most part. I do, but. I do agree with that because it's like you do. Yeah. It's not like they're disappearing from esports and competition entirely. That like You do see some pros back in the day doing that because it was like, well, there's not much of a career down any kind of pathway unless they're actually getting into the business side of esports, which lots have, right? Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of like, yeah, they're behind the scenes now, so you're not going to see them as much. But you're right, you 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 will still see him around. And I also think that you know, he's retiring and he's still pretty young, so you know, in two years' time or even soon, like sooner than that, I don't know, a year a year later, like if things are really looking amazing in Halo, what's to say that he doesn't come back yeah. as well? You or know like I mean? for so a Halo like BR, you know, there are Halo yeah, BRs exactly. rumored, it's coming out at some point, no one knows, I mean, and, no one know, knows he when he'll be, yeah. He's, so. I mean, he's even tweeted about streaming, uh, Forge is coming out on the 8th, it's obviously Halloween today, um, the 8th of November, and he's even talked about being excited to play like some custom games with subs and stuff like that. So like even that, like he's probably gonna stream some Halo, you know. So yeah, it's just Joel. I know I'm old, man. I know, you know. We uh, he's not old. I'm old. Line. If he's sport. old, then I'm older. <laughs> That's true, but that hurts. age is just number. But I'm old. Mm, not really, not really, babes. You're not old yet. Um, how's the wedding planning going? <sighs> It's going kind of at a slow crawl, and it's only because I'm trying to figure out a season dates. Yeah, that is literally it. Yeah, it's the hard part with it. Obviously, we can't plan anything out until we know what year uh, year two is and all that stuff. So it's gone well in terms of like, I mean, we've talked a lot about what we want and what we're doing, and you know, some of the looks and stuff like that. But in terms of like the actual date, we don't have that figured out yet because yeah. we gotta wait. 
We do have to wait. Um, are we dating? We're more than dating. Yeah. <laughs> we did a thing. Um, how many gifted for wedding invites? You don't buy your way into a wedding, Zeno. Zeno, we'll we talk. We can't be doing that. We'll talk. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, when will we have mac and cheese? Okay. Some of these will probably have to, like, you know, skip. <coughs> so we yeah. stay relevant to our podcast a little bit. Uh, mac and cheese, I'd have mac and cheese any, any time of the day. Any day. I love mac and cheese. Um, but in terms of, like, kind of, you know, the bigger pictures of what we're going to talk about in the podcast... It's it's difficult. It's like where do we start? Because we haven't even talked about you guys winning KC on the podcast. Did we not? No. Yeah, I think Which we is just crazy. Do we just it? wrap up the season kind of deal? Just yeah, wrap I think up, we wrap up know. the season. I'm just kind of talk about a little bit of everything, right? And it's, um, I think it all kind of blends into one another, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Hi, Trey Trey. Happy Halloween. Um, you know, so I think, I think it, it's been such a strange season for you guys because obviously. A brand new title, and then it's been so up and down, and it ha- wasn't the best of starts. We yeah. talked about that so much on the podcast because it really was around the time we we started the podcast. Um, so it, it's been difficult, but I think one of my biggest questions for you about KC is <clears> like, <throat> do you feel like that really was something for you guys to hold on to going into next season? I think if you hadn't won anything. Um, would you be questioning a lot more of what you guys were doing as a team just in terms of like the overarching picture of what you're trying to achieve, like your strategy, the way you're playing the game, et cetera? Do you hold on to something that you were doing something right because you did manage to get that KC win? Um, like, yes and no. Like, I think the meta has changed and and updated a lot, like through KC to Orlando to Worlds to where like, I still think we need to change a lot of our play style in order to be able to beat the top two. Like at Worlds, I feel, and you know, we can get into Worlds a little bit, but I feel like we were literally a top three team there. We won't ever know because we didn't play the other teams, but we just weren't good enough to beat Optic and Cloud9. And obviously at the end of the day, that's the goal. That's what you need to do. Winning KC for us, um, I feel like may at least gave us like the confidence that like going into next year like i know we're good enough to win i know individually we're good enough to win i know as a team we're good enough to win it's just about putting those pieces of the puzzle together whereas like if we didn't win and we had just gotten like fourth all year or something like that obviously um obviously like i think it'd be hard to not be sitting there going like dang like I, like it needs, I don't know, like, you know, uh, maybe we aren't good enough or, you know, I don't know. But yeah, KC, it's like, I think we can go into season two knowing that we're one of three winners throughout the whole season and knowing we put up a big fight. But I think regardless, strategy wise, a lot has to change. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's definitely something to hold on to for sure, though. Um, I feel like it, it stopped the season being totally for you guys. And it's not me roasting you, but I know how you feel and obviously your history. Um, I think it stopped the season from being just totally in in the bin. Yeah. Um, because I know for you, like nothing, nothing other than first place is really good enough. I think second place, it's like we're nearly there. But you know, when you look at your placements all season, it's been so strange. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I definitely agree. But it's I also feel like um, what would be the way to explain it? Like I feel we've had a tough road all year. Like. Raleigh, we had a sub. Okay, so throw that placing kind of out the window. Um, 
Anaheim, we had three weeks practice because that's when Mac gets unbanned. Okay, throw that placing out the window. Not like out the window, but you know what I mean. Like take it how it is, you know. And then um, KC, we win. Orlando, we lose to C9 twice, who got second in the tournament. Um, and then Worlds, we lost to Optic and C9, who got first second. So like throw the season out because placing-wise, it was just unbelievably terrible. But this year was like really weird in terms of like – seedings and brackets and everything to where there's no offense to other teams i don't think we were necessarily placed where i think we could have been all year if is that fair to say yeah i think that's fair to say yeah i do also think that um it was one of the most competitive seasons i've ever seen in halo absolutely did that kind of shock you a little bit i think how how like you guys haven't been used to the level of competition and everyone was so close and the skill gap was tiny and it really was a little bit more about how you decide to play the game as a mm. team rather than like who's who's amazing at this and who's who's the best players because i feel like everyone can shoot straight everyone can have great movement everyone knows how to use a sandbox and all the util and stuff so do you feel like it was a bit of a shock coming in being like crap okay everyone's so good um I wouldn't say, like, so much of a shock as much as, like, just needing to adapt. You know, H5 is H5, infinite is infinite. Infinite overall, I think, is a little bit more on the easier side of individual play. Um, doesn't mean you don't see a little bit of a skill gap of who those top individual players are. But, like, let's be honest, like, everyone shoots really well. Um, everyone knows how to use the mechanics, some better than others. But regardless, like, you can watch H5 and watch infinite and clearly see, like, a significant difference individually. Way more about team play in this game. And I think that has been a major shift for for us where we don't get to be bailed out by like individual play nearly as much as we probably were like in h5 without even maybe realizing it you know like i think we were still buttoned up team wise in h5 but um in this game it's like you know if you're not picking up spike nades like you're behind the curve and it's like just small stuff like that goes such a long way compared to a game like halo 5 where i definitely think you were able to like just will your team to win way more um, through yeah. some heads up, incredible, like individual feats, you know, in this game, it's, sure. I, I just don't think you can do that. I feel like there's so much more to keep track of too in this game. Like obviously like bringing in like the repulsor, bringing in like, you know, things that you have to pick up thrust, you have to pick up the grapple, you have yeah. to pick up this and that. Like, you know, the whole, all of the maps um, are littered with things to grab and to, and to obviously like aid you. Uh, and what you're trying to do obviously and then you have all the power-ups and the power weapons the sandbox everything is so much more grabbable yeah and there's so much more of it like do you feel like figuring that out and juggling the organization of picking up those things has been something that's been super different and you guys having to adapt to okay one more thing added to the list in terms of priorities yeah, I think like I think that like in Halo Five, you kind of had that in the first year of Halo Five, but people hadn't necessarily like mastered it. Like I think we were really good at picking up like the storm rifle and like some of the stuff on it, but overall it was still a lot of like, I think overall it was still a lot of the same stuff in Halo Five. And like you know, chat can kind of chime in on what you guys think about the weapons and stuff like that. But like you were just picking up your normal stuff in Halo Five. Still, it was like okay, you got to go for the shotgun, you got to go for the sniper, you got to go for the rockets. Like yeah, there's S S SMGs and ARs on the map and like a storm rifle. And you need to get those, but like you weren't necessarily like unbelievably punished if you didn't. Whereas in this game, I think because of the e easy of use factor of everything, like everything feels so strong to where like if you don't get it, you're punished way more significantly. Um, and I think like 
if you watched Halo Five to to now, I think that's pretty clear cut on exactly like you said. Like, definitely takes some getting. It's it takes getting used to being punished for not necessarily using everything one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally <clears throat> understand that. Um, and sorry about people who are getting ads, etc. It is uncontrollable. I'm afraid. But if you do get ads and you do want to hear back <laughs> the podcast, it will be on YouTube. Um, so you guys can go back and watch the bod. Um, Striz, do we have a favorite type type of coffee, flavor, or aroma, or do we just drink it for the caffeine? Well, I don't drink it just strictly for the caffeine. I love the taste of coffee. However, because of my love for the taste of coffee, I certainly do feel it if I haven't had one in the morning. If you know what I mean. Um, but I I personally love a dark roast. I love something that's really deep. I feel like I can taste the notes so much better when the coffee is a little darker. So, yeah. It's um, it's 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 definitely for the taste for me. What about you, babe? I'd say the same. Dark roast all the way. Um, I don't really know why. Like, I just like a stronger. I like a stronger coffee, but I do like, like having a little bit of like creamer and like some maybe some sugar. And most of the time, not even because tr- creamer can be a little bit uh, sugary anyway. But um, yeah, I don't know why. Like light roast and medium roast, just not really my favorite. Like really good, just not my favorite. Dark roast, hundred percent. Yeah, I I gotta agree. I I can definitely tell the difference between like a medium and a dark. Yeah. Um, quite easily, uh, for sure. Um, I did just see a question. Why can't I see it now? Hold on, hold on. Oh yeah. Uh, does the team chemistry feel different in Infinite than H five? Um, in game, yes. Out of game, no. Uh, out of game, I feel like it's all the same. Like I feel like we're great friends and best friends, and like I love hanging out with them. I think hopefully they like hanging out with me. Um, I mean, a lot you're around us all the time. I literally and have been since literally 2018. I mean, it feels the exact same, if not maybe even closer. And you know, we've grown up together, kind of thing. Um, in game, in game, yeah, I know, right? And in game, it feels different, but I don't think it's like necessarily in a bad way. It's just we're having to think way more of what's going wrong to where like when that's happening, I feel like obviously team chemistry is going to be, it's not even like team chem. It's just like, I don't know. The vibe is slightly different in game, but it's not in a negative way. It's just in a, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like it's in like a constructive, like a constructive, like we're trying to figure it out, like so desperately bad. And like, obviously throughout the year, we just haven't really been able to do that. We haven't been able to crack into the top two consistently. Um, so yeah, like out of game, no. In game, yes, but in a very minuscule. I don't know, in a non-negative way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think the chemistry always change when you have different challenges, like a new title, and you haven't had one in so long. Um, so obviously, like having to learn it again, it's gonna you know, it's gonna change something for sure. Yeah. Uh, Firm, we see team like Rose Halo all the way, man. Power to you. Like you like what you like. I love that. Yep, that's the idea. Mattified. Grab a cup of coffee, drink with us. I know it is like 4.30 Eastern <laughs> in the afternoon. It's probably not the healthiest time to drink coffee, but you got stuff to do in the evening. You know? Nothing, not? nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, How do you feel like the transition from KC to Orlando went? Because winning an event, the feeling is pretty amazing. You feel on top of the world. You feel like you're ahead of the race. You're ahead of the curb. Yeah. And then going into Orlando, obviously things didn't work out quite as well <laughs> for you. And I know that... Um, you know, things were a bit funny with the series layout for you guys and you weren't enjoying the series layouts very much. And obviously the bracket was a little bit more difficult and different because obviously the NA Super happened yeah. to you. Um, so you didn't come into that one first seed. 
so yeah it, it's just a bit of a, a strange one so talk about like how some of that affected your team especially like I think the bracket and, and series layout which is obviously something that really stood in your way I think honestly all season really yeah I don't I don't think it's like interesting because like even with the win at KC like I feel like it solidified the feeling of knowing we can win but I didn't necessarily like feel on top of the world because overall I think that we won because we were playing lights out like we were clicking at the right time like you know it's any given Sunday right like any team can win especially with our talent when everything is clicking at the exact same time um we had a five month break in between that and you know off time and stuff like that I don't know if anyone would kind of remember it but at that time I started having a lot of internet issues infinite started having a lot of server issues so there was like a whole lot of things that started happening basically at the same exact time that was really rough like we're in a break no one was enjoying infinite not just from our team but from like every team like it was this really big like issue within the game um i never necessarily felt like even if there was an event like the weekend after kc i came and say like oh we would have won won that like it literally for us i think came down to like hey we clicked at the perfect time we're on fire shows our potential but doesn't necessarily show where we're at so then going into orlando and worlds it just felt like we couldn't click it. I, I put it in a tweet when we had lost like it just felt like all year except for casey we just couldn't figure out the way to click at the right time the way that other other teams were or maybe the other teams were just more cons you know they're a little bit more on the cons consistent side as well so yeah you know it sucks um we couldn't figure out some maps like recharge strongholds we just for some reason i think we literally might not have won it yeah. the entire year against the top six team at least against the top four team like we probably won it against some top six team top six teams um because it's not like we're bad on it on it but we're just not great on it compared to other top teams you know so when you get into a situation like that it's very difficult because you're basically down oh one no matter what and that was like a big issue with like the series layout um we won't go too much into it because it just takes up too much time but like for some reason in orlando it was like recharge was like game one like six of the eight rounds or something like that which is like or i think it's like, it five it's just like if, if the series like doesn't go your way w because the, like things that happen in hit infinite so marginal yeah like it's you are like it's chalked like it's like really well, you're down hard. you're down oh one really and then yeah. it's a slayer and you're down oh yeah. two and i mean you know you know good and then you go into the fact of the bracket um i mean cloud nine loses a united that probably shouldn't have happened so we're playing them round one and that you know we go down oh mm -hmm. two we win game three lose a close game four at orlando um worlds we just play optic and c9 i don't even think it came down to game types against optic and c9 at worlds like i just think that they were better than us like i'll just tip my hat like 100 percent. i just think that they were better um at worlds but yeah it's like you said like an infinite the the margin of mistakes is so small that when you get your poor side of game types and you know brackets or whatever um it's not gonna go good not gonna go well for you but the thing that i will always say is that if you want to win you have to figure it out and you have to be able to win and like when i always flash back to halo 5 um obviously like i could look at a series layout and know if like we were gonna win it not if we were gonna win it i know we were like favored to win it but i was never so like deeply concerned if that makes sense like i would see a game type that we're not necessarily great at and like it wouldn't be like oh now we're down 0-1 but in this game that's definitely been a problem where like i see like recharge strongholds and i go shit and not like oh we're not gonna try or whatever but i think in all of our minds we know that it is not likely to win and that's just something that really you just can't have like you can have game types not favorable to you but you can't have game types that are automatic losses and i think that's something that we really suffered with pretty much all year
You know, I think that's yeah. what went sev- not severely wrong at Worlds because, like I said, I think they were just better. But especially at Orlando, I think that was a big thing. Yeah. So we have a couple questions that we need to catch up on here as well. But um, what was our first game ever? I think my very first game ever was uh, Tomb Raider 2, I believe. I think it was Tomb Raider 2 on a chunky old white PC. And it was like the ones that are like light gray. They are so chunky. Just they weigh a ton. You literally could throw it out the window and kill someone by accident. Um, it was on one of those. And I just, I was terrified of it because I was in the part with the tiger in the cave. And I was just screaming. It felt so real. Like I remember like genuine pixels, like the most pixelated stuff you've ever seen in your whole life being the scariest thing I've ever seen. Hmm. I mean, the tiger was square. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was, but it was terrifying. But that was, I'm pretty sure that's my first ever game. What about you? I think my first game would have been ever. like, it would have been either CE or Pokemon. I think it had to be one of the, one of the two. Mm. And I can't think of which one I actually played first. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to like literally look up like when stuff was out and whatever. I mean, I remember playing CE. Um, I was six, you know? on xbox my cousin got the xbox everyone was geared up about it i remember getting it absolutely addicted to it um and trying to go over there any chance i could to play and we started landing i want to say i played like pokemon or something like that like before before that but chat would have to tell me or someone have to tell me when um when it came out i guess like i feel like pokemon had to have come it definitely pokemon Mm -hmm. definitely came out before ce so i feel like i had like a nintendo DS I had like a game, like a Game Boy. I think is what they were called, right? Game like Boy? Game Boy, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, either one of the two. One yeah, of the two. I, f- I feel that. I yeah. It's a long time ago. Um, who <laughs> would win in a uh, lacrosse shootout? Lot, without question. I feel like I'm like one. I wonder why that came up. But <laughs> yeah, drink wants to know H2O. Who'd win? I mean, every time, me. Absolutely. Her without question. She was the best female lacrosse player. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, what are you setting me up for failure for? Maybe I don't know that. H2O knows that. Why do you think H2O said that? <laughs> He's gassing me up. <laughs> um, hold on one second. Let's see. I did miss a question earlier on um, from Fifty Shades of Simon. Let me just quickly reread it. Uh, do you think things like the MLG forum should make a comeback in terms of keeping mm. the community alive? Example, back in the day, you could see all the rosters, trades, points, seeding. What do you reckon? Because I, I wasn't around uh, in MLG days. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like stuff like that is good. Uh, I mean, nowadays you just have like Reddit. Oh, so shiny, I'm just powdering. Nowadays you have like powder. Reddit and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I think the MLG forums is really cool uh, to where you could like have it all listed out and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how... I don't know what the best way... I mean, I don't even disagree with that, only for the fact of, like... I, I mean, I've literally gone into tournaments, like, not knowing what seed we are, because, like, HES... And you don't have to comment on this, but, like, HES, like, don't post it until a week before. And I'm like, oh, okay, shit, we fell down to this seed for... I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, so, something like that is cool. Um, whether or not it's, like, a form, or whether it's just somewhere... I don't know. I don't know how you would how you'd go about it nowadays, but I think something like that would be cool. How do you feel about your old MLG Halo team uh, Warriors in Halo 3? Uh, I mean... How old are you in Warriors, by the way? Uh, 14, 15. Oh, baby bite. And then I was 16 in Reach, and then I left for status quo when I was 17. 
Um, Baby bite. I don't know. I, I mean, and now your dad. Bite. I don't know what Warriors are talking about. I mean, I loved every team I've been on mostly throughout my whole career. So I mean, don't have anything negative to say about anyone. Um, I think overall we did pretty well, right? Like, it was fifteen getting like top eight, broken in the top four with Warriors, broken in the top two. So, um, yeah, like feel feel good about it. Love those guys. I I honestly like got really lucky. Even though I wish I would have gone on like a top team faster in my career, because I think I was like good enough. I'll pat myself on the back. I think I was good enough. Um, I loved everyone I've ever teamed with. Like for the most, I mean, I can't really think of any negative things to say about genuinely anyone. So I think that at least, even though I wish I was on a top team faster, at least I have that where, you know, they shape me as a person and as a player, like everyone that I've teamed with in the past. So yeah, nothing but yeah. good things. Absolutely. I know you have like tons of crazy stories from when you were a kid, probably just like how different it used to be. Like back in Halo 3 when you were like 14 to now, how different is it? Like in terms of being a pro player, because I know you're on like the come up, you're on the rise, you're yeah. trying to get there. But I just know that it was so different back then. Was it just a little bit more relaxed and chill, like people partying? Oh, bit? yeah. Like people was... weren't really, yeah. You know, it was kind of like you just turn up, you know, what, what kind of. What kind of main differences is it now? People people just didn't take events nearly nearly as serious. Especially like yeah, I just wouldn't say people take events as serious. I mean, I was in the top eight and have terrible stories of people not practicing and you know, it's not like necessarily their fault. It was just the way the times were, you know? Uh and then even like back then, like for me being a younger player, um, they like being a young kid back then was like a liability to people. Uh, whereas nowadays, if you're like 16 and you're really good, you just kind of like get thrown a contract, <laughs> you know, like nowadays, it's like if you're the young kid coming up in esports, like everyone wants to team with you back then it was the complete opposite. So yeah, gaming's changed pretty, pretty significantly. <laughs> it has a lot. Um, I have Red Wolf asking a question. Been getting into the HDS scene this whole last season, had no idea we were engaged. Congratulations. Uh, we got to meet both of you at Worlds. Thanks so much for the pics. And I wanted to ask Lot if you did any other content I only ever see on the desk at events. I am glued to a desk. That is literally, that is what I do. Um, but I don't really do any other content other than um, the podcast, when we do the podcast. And um, sometimes I'll stream very, very occasionally, but it's it's more for like fun. I don't really do it for anything other than just chilling out. So not really. I I work really, really hard. I have, I mean, Pete, you can attest this, but I barely have any time yeah. to think because I'm busy you know, traveling <laughs> constantly, not do, just doing Halo, but doing, you know, a little bit for COD as well. And kind of just, you know, just trying to figure out work and keep up with what I'm doing in a lot of homework too. But yeah, yeah. I don't really do too much um, kind of extra content. I'm not a content creator, but I am a content uh, um, competition talker of competition you started diving in and streaming <laughs> this year and you've had a lot of fun with it so i think that's yeah, something that'll like be really relaxing. cool for you to keep yeah. keep doing and it's not necessarily like yeah. super like sweaty streaming like you just play whatever you want to do and just have a good time and hang out you know and i think that's i think overall that's the way to be with streaming um you know especially if you can enjoy it and love it then that's great and yeah you're a busy person so can it can confirm super busy and just I mean, the work you put into every show you do, it's just, it's literally impossible to be on on stream for seven hours a day with doing that on top of it. So you just, you do a good job. And I'm, I, I know you, like I said, I know you enjoy streaming. So hopefully you get a little bit more free time to do it. Yeah, it'd be really fun. If I, if I littered, um, 
you know, myself with too much, I don't think I would be able to do as good of a job as I do on the desk, if that makes any sense, because there's as much stuff that, you know, I do live, you know, I do an awful lot of homework and, you know, revision on kind of what I want to do and storylines and that kind of thing. So I need to make sure that I'm, you know, putting in as much time as I can to make the show really good. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the question and thank you very much for your congratulations. Um, so we got King Jay in the chat. What's up, King? And his question is, is when, and Ryder, when is Ryder and Bailey getting another sibling? Well, the next sibling that Ryder and Bailey will get is probably going to be human. That is also, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Uh, but that's kind of my guess is <laughs> Intel. Um, but that's probably going to be their next sibling. Our house it is not, our house isn't big enough for a third a dog. We've talked about sibling. getting another dog. <laughs> our house is not, our is not big enough for a third dog. It just is mm -hmm. absolutely is not. So yeah, definitely, definitely can confirm. Can confirm, yeah. yeah, and can also confirm I'm not pregnant. Too young for that yet. I'm not. I'm not ready. Too much. Too much going on. Uh, but one day, and you guys, I'm sure <laughs> you guys will be the first to know. <laughs> um, let me see. Anything? Anything else that I've missed? Um, you see any questions, babe? Um, I can see some. It's just trying to like figure out where I was in the line. Hold on. Um, getting another sibling. Oh, here we go. Um, here we go, Fern. Do we think Scump retiring will affect the CDL and its viewership numbers? People love to say he's carrying COD, but I think that's a bit exaggerated nowadays. Um, you know, I I think it's it, that one's such a difficult one, isn't it? Because he is such a huge staple of the community. Um, I don't think we really have anyone like Scump in Halo. It's literally, I, it's I don't like, think you have anyone like Scump. Almost Ever. anywhere and in, 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 in any, any other esport, really. yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's literally insane. So I, I don't think it will affect the viewership because I think people will still come back to see competitive Call of Duty. Um, but I do think that you know it might it might produce another scump at some point. Um, you know, you might see other content creators and other personalities in the call in the Call of Duty scene start to really come up and pop off as well. Mm. So I think as one king steps down, it might leave room for another on the throne. So I don't know, but I think it. I think it'll be a. You know, it'll have some kind of effect, but I don't think it will be. Oh gosh, right, no one's watching anymore. I also don't you think know? he's going anywhere. Like he's gonna keep being involved yeah. in optic. He's gonna keep streaming Call of Duty. He's probably gonna do watch parties or something for it. Um, I think the idea of it affecting viewership, like. I think that that only is true if he's just gone completely, not a part of Optic and all that stuff. And Optic alone is already huge enough. He's not. He's he won't be playing, but he's. I highly doubt he will not be involved. Not necessarily like with talent, but within the Call of Duty scene, aka like. I mean, honestly, like it could even help grow the scene just by him streaming more. I don't know. That's a hypothetical, right? But I mean, imagine him getting to stream and upload YouTube videos twenty four seven and not worry about having new um having to uh, uh, compete and like worry about that side of scrimming and all that stuff. I mean, that's just more eyeballs on the game at all times. So maybe it'll help. Um, it'll, it'll hurt a little bit in terms of like the tournament weekend, but overall, I don't think it's going to matter. Paige, um, Trippin wants to know, are you, would you ever consider being a CDL pro? 
Uh, probably not anymore. Um, I mean, unless something goes wrong with Halo in the next couple of years, like I just want to compete in Halo like really, really badly. Like I still love it. I have a passion for it. I love Call of Duty. I just don't think my passion is the same. And I'm getting to the age now where like I just think hopefully within a couple of years, um, you know, I mean, however many I guess I decide to compete in Halo Four or how many more we got, I don't know. Uh, but you know, I think I'll just kind of be done with it i don't think i'd want to i don't think i'd have the ambition to switch within a couple of years so yeah probably not probably not anymore uh odin asks me am i excited for the witcher one remake yes i am i am so excited for the witcher one remake i cannot wait but everything about the witcher has been dampened just ever so slightly with netflix bringing on a new witcher as well tragic game aside I'm. I just got used to Henry Cavill being Geralt, and I was like okay with it, because I at the beginning I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm really nervous, like seeing a live action. He crushed it, right? Like I didn't play the game, but like he crushed it, right? He did do really, really good. But like to now be used to one person, and then having to switch to Liam Hemsworth, and I'm. I mean, no disrespect to Liam Hemsworth. I know he's gonna give it some welly, you know. Yeah. But my God. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty tragic. I don't want to be nasty, you know. No, it's it's not like it's, it's just, a great actor. Yeah, it's a great it's actor. Not, but it's, it's just nothing it's about him. the comfortability, isn't it? Yeah. It's about falling in love with one person, like one character, and then suddenly snatched. You know. Yeah. Just I and then having to believe the same thing that you've been watching, and it's the same person. It's just really difficult. It really is very very difficult. So yeah, that hurt. That really hurt. Um, yeah. Couldn't couldn't believe that. And George, no, not a cat. We can't get a cat because it would drive the dogs nuts. Ryder's like afraid well of Ryder's like afraid of cats, like basically. He's definitely afraid of cats. Horrendously afraid of cats. He's a scaredy cat. He's a fuck he's a beast, but he's afraid of everything. Not actually, but yeah, cats, yes. Not he's not actually afraid of everything, but cats, yeah. <laughs> but we don't have a wedding date set yet. We're waiting for um we're waiting for some schedules to come through for the season to figure that one out and it's sorry by the way guys if you can hear my voice it just took a bit of a beating at, um at worlds it's all the excitement recovering i always lose my voice don't i you after do events you do this one's taken quite a bit to come back actually. yeah and also it could be the fact that <laughs> to celebrate worlds we did do karaoke as a talent team for five hours yeah um, that could have something to do with it. I as wasn't well. I wasn't gonna rat you out, but it was definitely karaoke and not the event. Yeah, and the event plays a part of it. Yeah, the, I did yeah performed. exactly. The event plays a part of it, but it's not. That's not the reason. Your voice no. is fine before you went to karaoke. <laughs> My voice was definitely not fine. Before <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Yeah. So that definitely has maybe something to do that just ever so slightly. Um. Let me see if there's any other cool questions. I I love answering the questions. Yeah. Same. It's been fun. Mm. Um, oh, um, I think it's Benide. JS says, how was competing in Ghost for you? I actually forgot you made the switch back. What was that experience like? Um, I really enjoyed it because like, I actually really love Call of Duty and love playing Call of Duty and even competing in it. I had a, I had a blast doing it. I just made the mistake of um, not wanting to branch out. I really wanted to team with Halo people and stay with my friends. Uh, I was a really shy 
like 18 year old, 18, 19 year old and just wanted to go pro with my friends and didn't want to branch out. So it was really fun. I thought I was really good. If you go look at my, uh, I think they're still up there. If you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see like some crazy gameplays against like some really good teams, like complexity. who was like winning everything back in the day. Um, and like, usually that's a good sign of like a good player lot. Like, you know that, like if you can get like some crazy gameplays against really good teams, like the potential is there. Oh, yeah. It's just about, just about molding it into a consistent thing. So like I had the potential to do it in my opinion, you know, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it was fun. You know, it was fun. Just, uh, I regret somewhat of not trying to branch out, but at the same time, anytime I think about that, like I love my life now and things turned out amazing to where I don't want it. I literally wouldn't want my life to be any different. So, um, yeah, can't really say I'm sad with the way it went, I guess, you know, but it was fun. Is it Was it a bit strange to, and, you know, this is just me kind of gassing up a little bit, I suppose, but like going from considered one of the top players in all of Halo and, like, you know, ha having a lot of respect in this eSport, this game, this FPS title, to then trying to make it in a different FPS game, like, because I feel like, you know... Like trying, to, I'm trying to put it in like the most humble way I possibly can, but you know, it, it's almost like picking like a dodgeball team, and then people are being like, "Oh yeah, I'll take him, I'll take him." Like you're you're getting taken like first, yeah, you know, in Halo, but then with COD, it's almost like you had to prove yourself. So what you know, how did that feel? I think not even just to your ego, but to like the the mental part of it, the mindset, like going into new FPS game, being like, I actually <clears> need to show that I'm pretty alright at this. Yeah, I feel like um. I feel like we just had like a head start because like everyone knew who we were and people were like kind of anticipating that we would like do really well. So I feel like we got a lot of scrims that we probably like didn't even really deserve with like pro teams. So like, yeah, it was like different in terms of like wanting to like showcase how good you are. Whereas in like Halo, like I don't really have to like think about that. It's just something that like naturally occurs. Um, so yeah, it was different, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like we almost had like a, like a pass to that, if that makes sense, because like of how people already viewed us, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I understand all that. So I see some of the questions about um, Sen, you know, uh, whether they're staying together, if you're making a change, et cetera. For the love of our mental health, we won't be answering any of those questions because, you know, things haven't even been discussed yet we just got um, we just got back most teams we have no idea do we? yeah like, no you know, usually I mean, we know about other teams like by now i think everyone's just like resetting for a second well, it's the end of the year um it's the end of the season it's the end of the year people are taking breaks and all that yeah. stuff you see a lot of players not streaming halo at the moment um it's it's interesting because of the uh, situation with the Optic Invitational where, like, we don't even know who's invited. We don't know who's going. But, like, that's, like, a preseason event. So even though there's technically something coming up, I think people are still really um, kind of holding on to the fact that, like, hey, like, this just ended. Like, everyone, let's everyone, everyone is, I think, wanting to take the same breather, basically, and then going to jump back into it, you know? This is quite a good question from Tripham. Um, in a hypothetical world, would you have ever teamed with Frosty when he went to COD? Um, I would have, but I don't think we would have been able to stay on the same team. Um, I think that's like the best way to put it. Cause it's like, it's the same kind of situation as what happened when I initially went, uh, in ghosts where like, you just need, you need someone to team with you. You need to get picked up by people who are really developed in the game and are going to help you develop as a player. Um, that's what formal did really well. That's what I did not do well in ghosts. I just try to stay with my friends. Um, 
you know, compared to like compared to if I would team with Brad, I think we would be really good in Black Ops 4 because that's when he initially switched, but same kind of thing. The only thing I could think is maybe it'd be a little bit easier to team because it was 5v5. So like, so maybe having three other players instead of two would have been better. You know what I mean? Mark, I love you. Thank you for the resub. Big, big resub from Onset, my brother. Love you, Mark. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah. That'd be kind of, that'd be kind of strange. Like, well, not strange, but I guess it would be normal for you, I suppose, but... Imagine like you know switching FPSs with like same teammates. <laughs> well, like Splice did it, and it didn't yeah. go. I mean, they they had to pick up. Uh, I think two other people to be fair, because Shotzi couldn't play, and then I think they really had a hard time like picking a fifth. But like Splice tried doing that from H five to Black Ops four, and it was kind of the same, um, kind of the same deal. Like I think they just they were like really all individually solid at the game, but they couldn't necessarily like put it together. I don't think they gave it the best crack because they couldn't really find a solidified team. But yeah, it's it, it's definitely something. Teaming with other pros and teaming with other people, um, you know, that have been in the game and are veterans of the game, definitely will push you a much further away. Yeah, um, Stress has a question for you, Peach. Does I have a question? But it's borderline asking for free coaching. Okay. Um, where can we go to learn stats for specific game modes and maps? Even when pro stream scrims to watch, they generally do it with no comms, so we can't hear callouts and planning. Rightfully so. Uh, we just have to kind of make it up for ourselves, um, make it up for ourselves based on the info we get from markers on screen. And I totally understand that, Striz, and it's very difficult. And for casters who want to watch scrims, and when we do watch scrims, it can be hard too. But kind of makes sense to a certain degree because, you know, if you if you are streaming your comms, like, it, it can be really tough. Like, you can't really be totally honest as, team, as a team, and you can't just kind of let yourselves free flow if you want to yeah. say something specific about someone or like be like you know this pro player likes to do this like not like shit on them but like you know you can't really you know exaggerate the way that you want to exaggerate if people are watching so i understand that but if there is a place to go peach you probably know it uh i mean <laughs> oh, <he doesn't>. yeah <laughs> i mean like it's difficult like the only thing I, the thing that i would say is like honestly you could just watch back tournament gameplay or scrim gameplay of what you're talking about and like just evaluate situations where um like okay so for example like native red uh streams are scrims with no comms right so like one thing that you could do that could help you learn without having that info is like pay attention to when they have their ideal situations aka like four dead on the map um in a stronghold in an oddball whatever what are they what do they then try to accomplish and you can kind of take bits and pieces of that information and probably figure that out if that makes like you know do you get what i mean like it, like if you go back and watch it and like pause it and then watch it from the point of like hey they have four dead like what are they going to try to do because most of the time every team is trying to do the exact same thing so if you can like literally pause it play it write it down you can then start to evaluate in your own situation like hey um, you know, in my gameplay now, pull up the same exact thing, pause it. Do you do the same thing that like say Druck does? And you might not be able to do the same thing, but obviously like you can try to replicate it to the best of your ability. Yep. Oh yeah. There you go. There's your answer. Um bleed bleeding teal. Uh probably more of a question for HCS, but one thing I felt was lacking at words worlds, excuse me, was a dedicated screen that only showed the current state of the pools of bracket. Any reason this isn't a thing? Um, I don't quite have the answer to that question entirely because it definitely is more of like a production HCS uh, question. But we do show it every single segment. 
um, so that if, you know, if people are wondering, we show it there. Um, but I do, I probably would say that it's because we do have four different streams. Um, so it's just a lot of streams to be kind of juggling um, as well as having like a screen just dedicated to that. I'm sure that they could do it. Um, I'm sure that they could, but I'm not entirely sure why they don't. So I don't quite have the right answer for that uh, for you guys. Um, on set, I did see, <laughs> I did see Mark's question. Um, do you ever take your racing wheel and the actual car and both pretend to be driving at the same time? Paige, do we ever do that? We do all the time. Once a w at least once a week. Yeah. And if I have the wheel, the fake wheel, I have to make the noise as well. Well, so. I mean, otherwise, how would you know if you're driving? The vroom noise. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we confuse the hell out of cops. Just let's just say that. <laughs> it's like a is it what are those bikes called? Is it a tandem bike? Yeah. It's a tandem. I car think so. That we have. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a tandem bike, right? Um, yeah, it's a tandem car. Yeah, no, you're welcome, Mark. No problem. You're welcome. Um, what other questions have I missed? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, can you see any? I need your eyes um, too. Um, and if we do miss any, please I think do Shay said, "Do you ever see yourself casting for HGS in the future?" I don't know if that's to me or to you, though. Uh, that's you're you, you nutter. Well, I mean, like you know, you like <laughs> could I mean could I do. you? See, I mean, like could you <laughs> see yourself like just doing everything? You know what I mean? No, I think I think it's definitely to you. Um. Probably not a caster. Like, I hope Halo blows up to where, you know, in 10 years when I retire, uh, I could just go and be an analyst, and I think it'd be a lot of fun, and I'd love to do it. But um, I don't know if I could be a caster. I just don't think I have the voice for it. I don't know if I could speak that well, and I don't know. the height. It's the hype factor to it. I just don't think I could do. Uh, being an analyst is something I could do, for sure, and I would love to do. But whether or not I'll have the opportunity, um, given the halo situation of like you know what comes first of do i retire and is infinite st call it infinite i don't know still just massive enough for me to do that or uh and also the other thing is like i think as a pro it's a little bit hard to this is hypothetically speaking so don't take it as like super serious but i think like as someone who has been unbelievably critical to my employer uh being like three for three and hcs i imagine if i did say i decided to retire tomorrow it might be hard to go get another job doing i don't know you know but who knows that's not really necessarily something i need to worry about or whatever but yeah it could be a little bit sticky i guess yeah it can definitely be a little bit sticky could be an analyst like I could do I it. I think you'd be a fantastic analyst. Like I could I'm do it. I'm actually in but... need of some um, permanent desk residence. So tell HS I mean, if, really if, if the number's right. I mean, <laughs> I don't want you to retire. If the number is right, you know. But we could actually be kind of a lit doer up there. That is true, Lamas. Imagine we just get into full arguments about stuff. <laughs> I say something, you're like, no, no, absolutely that's not. That's not right. That would I'm never. Like, that would never happen. <laughs> It, no, to be fair, it would never happen. We don't ever fight anyway. We so. do not. Um, not properly anyway. Um, I did see one. Oh, yeah. So Jay Ronan asks, who's got better aim, Roy or Royal 2? Royal 2. 
Oh, snap. Roy, but Roy, he always no, he never misses a fall. No, Roy is like, Roy Shaw is nuts, don't get me wrong, but Matt is someone that, Matt is like by far like one of the best pure aimers in esports, period. I will give it to Roy. Roy Shaw was ridiculous, but you got to tip it to Roy too on how many games he's now played in that he just doesn't miss a bullet. Roy was like, same thing, but just... I uh, I don't know. Roy it started really in like H three and like Reach, but Reach was also like Bloom like no um sorry, Bloom and Sprints. So like how do you not miss a bullet in that? And that's coming from someone who like one got second at the event to him. Um unbelievable talent, Roy. Unbelievable. And probably ahead of his time, but yeah, I mean I'd I'd give it to Roy too. Okay. Love that. D different times as well. Completely different generation. Well, it's like uh, back difficult. back then, it was like if you didn't miss a bullet, people were like, whoa. Nowadays, if you miss a bullet, yeah. you are probably dropped from your roster. So it's just different different times. Yeah, no, I, I, to I totally agree. Um, I really like this question from um, from Tripham as well, which is it's a really good one. Uh, back in the days, PJ, how did your family feel about you going pro in games, especially since back in the day, the scene was not as big? This is interesting because this is one of the first topics we ever talked about on yeah. a podcast ever. Um, but I think for people who haven't heard that one, it's, it is definitely such an interesting conversation because gaming still is seen as, oh, they're gaming again. Oh, God. Like, get some sunlight. Get, get some friends. And it's just like, I personally think the polar opposite to those remarks. Yeah. You know? But I feel like your parents were never like that, ever, really. No, I mean, like, for the most part, uh, you know, they pretty much supported it from the start. I mean, I got a little bit lucky where the first event I went to, um, I did pretty well. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, seventh round of the FFA. Uh, I was Not like, bad. I was like 11 or something like that. I think it was like 11 or 12. Baby bite. Um, yeah. So, like, I think I was like pretty fortunate to where I did really well my first event to where my parents like knew, like, okay, this isn't just like, a hobby like it's clearly there's something potentially there uh but credit to them i mean you know they've just been loving and supporting from the start you know which i know not everyone is fortunate enough to say so yeah just just combination of luck and uh, a little bit of skill probably yeah and also you're it's just so cute because i feel like sometimes you know and not everybody has this as well so you like you know i do respect people who've had to stick it out and really grind through it and kind of balance you know that with their parents as well because i'm sure not every pro player has had like parents like yours who have just been like hey sweetheart you're so good at this like go for it you know um or just trust the process i think that's a lot you know lots of people say that as well like trust the process and yeah that very much is what your parents did with you as a yeah. kid um but yeah I, you know just having your mom drive you i mean hours like we're looking at like 10 plus hours to events um and just like really try to commit to it and like help you out yeah and it's like literally wild huge, wild to think about i mean like you know it's yeah. just that's why i say i know how lucky i am with it and um and it was in a time period where like the money wasn't really there like honestly like it wasn't like we were playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars like if you won on the weekend you made like five grand you know i mean it's not you know, at the time it was like big for esports, but it's not exactly like career driven. Um, I just got lucky where with them, they supported me start to finish. And then, or from the very start, they supported me. And then I was just lucky where I was young enough in the scene when like the esport bubble kind of expanded to where like all of a sudden there's just hundreds of thousands of dollars thrown into it. And, you know, 
yeah, like it's like obviously at that point I already kind of made a name for myself and had the career path laid out for being a professional player to continue. So, but yeah, at the start, I don't know. I mean, like even as a parent, like when I think about it in my head to this day, I mean, it had to be like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, where are we going? Like, where do you want to go? Like, yeah. what, you and know? And, and you don't know the answers to that either. Yeah. You know, which is even, I think that's even more testament to your parents because it's like, you know, I think nowadays when you're a kid, and you know you're you know i mean like we're talking like how old you were back in the day what 11 to 14 let's yeah. just say just for you know hypothetical sake and like now now you can be like mum but look or dad but look like look at all these incredible pro players look at the leagues look at yeah. the franchising look at the money you know like, i think that's such a big thing now yeah but back then it was like just taking a leap of faith it's like if you're really good if you were allowed to play as much as you were allowed to play if you could juggle school at the same time and it's just like suddenly it's grown into a career path but back then there really wasn't like a but look you know it was kind of like a trust me or like i really like this i don't know you know I, i've heard of a couple tournaments you know which is it's such an interesting kind of comparison now and how much it's grown so quickly and we're still in our infancy as well yeah uh, technically business-wise which is really cool too but yeah, it's a it's definitely an interesting one for sure. Um, but yeah, we touch grass. We have dogs. So <laughs> we, when we pick up their poo, yeah, <laughs> we're touching grass technically. Yeah, we go outside. Um, you know, we go outside sometimes. <laughs> I mean, how how long have we been in this basement now? Thirty six hours. <laughs> I'm joking. We we go outside. Don't worry. Um, King and Queen of Halo. That's very sweet. We try. Um, I did just see something. Okay. Mortally KN. Uh, Snakebite, how do you make the most out of your practice? Which I think is a really good question because scrims are extremely long with 17 game types, maps and mode rotation. So very, very long scrims and every single day. How do you make the most out of your practice? Um, I feel like for the most part, like in my career, I've just always tried to look for repetitive things that continue to happen individually and as a team. Um, so like, you know, I think that, and then when you notice that they're happening over and over and over again, like those are the things that you have basically have to address. Uh, so to make the most out of practice, I think it's just a lot about mental notes, you know, mental notes of, and picking up on that exact, like, Hey, does this keep happening? Does this setup keep getting broken? Okay. Well, how do we fix that? Um, so make the most of it is just like practicing really hard and trying really hard and making sure you're giving it your full effort so that you can know if, what's going wrong is because of an effort or is it because it's actually flawed? Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully that's a good answer. Just try really hard and then pick up on those kind of repetitive things that continue to happen. And you could, you can have that even in matchmaking, like, you know, when you get sniper, like how effective are you with it? And if you, if you're not effective with it, like, why is that? And that's how you then make your practice effective of play matchmaking is how do you become a better, uh, power weapon player? Because you've now recognized that you're not being efficient with it. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I got to say that's um that's an interesting perspective on it because it is really difficult to like maintain concentration for that amount of time as well. So, and every single day, uh, too, which is, it's a lot. You work very, very hard, babe. Thank you. you. Really do. Right back at you. Um, Fierce says, "Gotta ask the hard hitting questions. How did LVP take it when you broke the news that she's not your number one fan? Would you care to elaborate?" Joel Joel claims to be my biggest fan. He's really not though. It's been a tricky relationship between Joel and I, between Fierce. It's been <laughs> yeah. he started out as an EG fan 
everyone's kind of like left from that time oh, period no. so and he, he kind of started he started like kind of coming over yeah like it so started really he's as, a lethal family. it started as yeah i mean like kind of like you know it started as like he's a roy and lunch fan and then like they kind of left him and then he stuck with me and then i don't know you know it's like an over two fan and then tom left and then roy left and then lunch left yeah you know and now it's like you're just kind of stuck with like well i guess i love pj now so you know yeah no, I, I, yeah well i just gotta say i'm definitely a very big fan might not be number one i like to think i'm number one but i'm a big damn fan okay thanks baby i think i'll i'll one v one for the fan <laughs> i think i'll the be honest fan, i think okay? I, I think jill i gotta be honest with you i think she's i think she's got it now i think she's got it sorry Have pal. You, see, you probably i don't know if you probably hear me screaming at from the, the events off camera Oh my god! He said. He said. Everyone, Screaming he, stuff like he said. Everyone leaves husband. in the end. Joel sitting there like as an Eastwood fan. Everyone leaves me. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is true. Um, we do have Jenna in the chat. Jenna was the kind gifter of this beautiful bag of coffee, which is absolutely gorgeous. And Ghost Rider and Jenna get this. It's Halloween. How perfect is this name for Halloween Ghost Rider? Uh, we are sipping it right now. Thank you so much, babes. We appreciate you <clears throat> very, very much. Um, Tripham asks, LVP, how was the process for you going into esports <clears throat> and how are your parents about it? Like, how did you decide this was for me and how did your parents react to your decision at first? Well, my process was a very strange one and I just really fell into it, to be honest. It was a very odd kind of like moment where, you know, I, w I wanted to be a presenter um, but I thought I wanted to be a traditional sports presenter like rugby and football in the UK. Um, but it just, I was lacking like passion for it. You know, I think it's because I had a, a career, well, a career, but I played lacrosse for 11 years at the highest level that you possibly can. I felt like, oh, I love presenting. I love talking. I should do something with sports and lacrosse commentating was just is not a thing in the UK. So I was like, I'll just do something like rugby or football. And then I was, you know, doing all lots of little bits to make ends meet as you do um and i was doing um work for an event company in traditional sports and i was trying to also interview there and i happened to stumble across somebody from gfinity who just basically said to me like hey we see you're into gaming like via your social media want to come do this quad last chance qualifier in london i was like yep sign me up like i will do that and sh you know long story short at the end of that weekend, first ever time doing anything to do with gaming on camera, they offered me a full contract after that weekend and I just signed it. I was like, yep, absolutely. And it's just kind of spiraled into what it is today. But yeah, it was, it was very odd. I just, I literally just fell into it, like tripped and fell into it. Um, my parents were great about it. I mean, I, I quit university, I dropped out of university in my at the end of my second year didn't want to do it anymore i did not like it i hated the subjects i chose i even switched subjects after year one just wasn't for me and um, i don't have regrets about doing that i think a lot of people would be like oh my god you don't have a degree no i don't i i've never been good with education i'm not very good at being tested or exams etc i'm sure lots of you guys can relate um so that decision was the one that my parents were like holy smokes what is she going to do but I'm the type of person that's very independent. So I knew I'd find something and I, I'm, it wasn't for lack of hard work that I didn't want to be in university anymore. It's because I just, it wasn't for me. 
Um, so I just put that effort, that hard work effort into something else. And that was the rest of my career. Um, so they were really chill about it. They were like, oh, wow, amazing opportunity. You're going to do Call of Duty. Great. Is that that game? I was like, yeah, it is that game. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. It, yeah. And it just kind of, you know, it went on and on. And now I've got my parents coming to events and watching me at five in the morning because uh, they're in the UK. And yeah, they're very proud now, which is really cool. So it did work out. I agree with what Joel said. Getting a degree is wildly overrated outside of a few professions. Only and I, I must say, I, if you can, if you no, do do it, I've got to say power no, to you. No, but listen, it's tough. listen, it's unbelievably challenging, and I think the situation that you're in is where I think it's overrated. I I am not someone who thinks you should go to college, and this is like a topic for a whole other day. Obviously, when we're not already an hour in, but um, it is literally unless you know specifically what you want to do and you know the requirements of what you want to do. I think the situation you're in or you were in where like you don't have a passion for anything like being in school specifically obviously i think you'd probably go like a journalist i guess route or like um i'm sure there's some kind of like media i don't know if there is in college but you know what i'm talking about right where like you could have went for that but uh a lot of people go to college because that is like what you were told you were supposed to do and then by the end of it you have a degree in something that you're not going to use and then you either have to go back or you like joel said don't end up using that degree at all yeah, I th and I think, it, you know, I, I agree with a lot of that. But I do think it depends on what you're doing. Like if you're doing, you know, if you're going into medicine, uh, a lot of science and stuff, I'm seeing a couple of things in here. I have a bio degree to get into med school, 100%. Uh, 100%, 100%. Um, you know, and it depends on what you're doing for it. It's just like, could you imagine going to the A&E and I'm like, oh, sugar, I've broken my arm. There's a bone sticking out. And the doctor just comes up with a bit of saran wrap and is like, this should do the <laughs> trick. And it's like, well, hold on a second. They're like, yeah, sorry, no, I didn't graduate. But that's, where, like, that's where it's required. <laughs> you're like, oh, no, that's second. where it's required. It's just for the, <laughs> yeah, a, not exactly. average, but for the, you know, probably large majority of the population, like you guys are saying that, you know, don't actually need it to accomplish said yeah, task. No, like lawyers, doctors, 100%. yes, 100%, you need yes. it. Um, have to be tested, proven to go into that field. There's a large majority of other occupations uh, that don't require it. And overall, yeah. I'm not like I'm not trying to be an advocate for like, hey, don't do that no, or whatever. I, but you know I what I mean. I think you should just do what you feel is right. And there, there are also people who love education. They love learning. They love that like I, the next step. And 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 you know, because I know that education goes from obviously as simple as possible into kind of a deeper, more you know, specific kind of learning that huh, you're doing absolutely. on, on one-time thing is amazing. Where um, I think that the issue lies with this topic is just for people that are made to feel bad for not getting their degree. That's that's yes, more so yes, why I say I that's and where I'm I like... Say I, I agree with you there because there has been a certain time in my life, I think when I really made the decision, I was really scared to tell my friends. 100%. <laughs> I was really scared to like admit that to my peers or, you know, and people were like, Oh, did you go to uni? And I'm like, yeah, I did, but I you dropped. Left. You know, I left. Yeah, I dropped out of it, and people are <laughs> like, whoa, I didn't like complete yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Know? It's just like there is that type of stigma, isn't there? Still to this day, but I'll tell you what, I'm here as proof to tell you that it's not all about your grades. Always, you know, it's like education is actually very. It's a very specific way of measuring oneself, and it it is very hard to do so. Like for me, I'm not. I'm not somebody who is you know a super intellectual individual where i could give you something you know an incredible essay on one thing but i know a lot of stuff like i know some weird general knowledge you know things that an not insane amount know. of stuff it's very weird <laughs> like i'm really good at trivia and stuff yeah. like that that you just can't teach in lot school. knows stuff that like kinda... you just should never know yeah. like it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it is true. But like that would never get me anywhere. <laughs> well, like, well, like, is there a degree in yeah. trivia in random shit that people find hard to probably know or like not the average person would know? I need to go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I'll like, what I need to I'll do. like go upstairs and trivia on the laptop and she's like watching like a surgery and it's just like what in the world like what are you doing oh my god you it's, you know, that? It's a, but, it's a, but you know so much it's yeah, cool because you know so much stuff on like such a wide variety yeah, of topics like in a, in a brain surgery like yeah. brain surgery and just weird shit like i mean jenna knows i'm more of like, like i'm watching a, documentaries on yeah. random stuff i'm watching like you know, it helps us, I feel like, live life sometimes. Yeah, I'm more of like a book. It's like funny because we're kind of like the opposite. I feel like somewhere yes, we're like, a I'm a book person. Yes. You're like, a, I want to see it and learn yes. everything. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting kind of topic, isn't it? And it's so weird because I feel like, you know, our age and, and I can see in chat as well, like everyone has something to say about it because I feel like it is specific to do with, you know, our age bracket right now and... Mm. And, you know, education is such a big part of life, isn't it? Um, because you do it for the majority of your life. You know, majority of your childhood, you grow up and that's what you spend your time doing is learning. Um, so it, it's such an interesting topic for sure. Um, I'm just like, just I'm enjoying just reading what everyone's saying. Yeah, about absolutely. It as well. absolutely. Um, you know, I, you know, Match says I have a six figure salary without a degree. Yeah, it's possible. I love that. Yeah. Um, but then I also I'm like, you know, people who have been in. Uh, school for seven years to be a doctor um, and to be like a surgeon and stuff like that I'm just like in incredible you know I'm like wow like I, I'm I'm floored by that but I'm also floored by the people who decide not to and yeah. decide to put that effort and energy into something else and I think that's that's also incredible so I think people are very quick to judge uh, now in nowadays but I think you shouldn't be I think you should just be happy for people and listening and, and learning from other people's um, kind of like stories and what they've done as well so yeah it's it, it's a really cool topic absolutely sure. um because i mean goodness gracious your career how does education help your career yeah i mean like none it's a rough one none, it's a tough one, isn't none it? at all <laughs> yeah i mean like i think like it helped um i think like education for me like helped shape me as like a person i guess like i had to learn time management and multitasking and stuff that i think i still am pretty good at when it comes to like i think that stuff that i found useful even in my gaming career but in terms of like the actual of what i was learning and yeah just not just nothing nothing of what i learned will ever be used for esports and that's likely to be where i kind of am for you know i don't know well, maybe a long while so we'll see I have a year left on a financial accounting degree, so we'll see yeah, if I we'll see if I ever go finish it. Do you reckon you would like to do that? Nope. Oh, then don't do it. Well, it's just exactly. It's just, it's just it's what I did. It was what I was doing. I went. I was going for physical therapy. Uh, I was going for physical therapy, which I like. I would have loved to do physical therapy, and I did all my prereqs to get into a really good college, and had uh, a letter of recommendation from the head head physical therapist. And like basically, I had to, basically I did everything I had to do to get accepted into it, um, into the program. And I was talking to the head physical therapist, and this is when like MCC was starting to kick off, and he knew about gaming, like he knew my background. And I remember telling him like, "Oh well, this next year, this is right before I would have applied into the program." He said, or I told him how I was going to go um, compete, like compete at a MCC tournament or whatever, and he literally was like. 
uh, you are probably going to have to decide on what you want to do because you cannot do both. Like the program is so intense and involved, like you're not going to be able to split your time and be traveling around the world and doing all this stuff while also being in that program, let alone just missing classes. So I diverted into uh, financial accounting. George said it. I remember you do stream uh, school after streams. I literally would... Literally at the first Worlds that we won, like 2016, I had to run up after doing like all the media stuff we had to do and finish uh, my final, which I submitted late. But I did get a pass on it because I wrote in and explained why I was late. And I included like articles of like proving what I was doing, what I said. And the uh, professor replied being like, okay, like, okay, I'll accept it. Congrats on the win. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, once, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, once actually. once 2017, because after 2016, like Worlds, like we actually didn't know what was still going to be happening, or like, hey, is there more Halo tournaments? Like, what the hell is going on? Um, so once 2017 was announced, and there was another World Championship announced, that's when I I decided I literally decided I'm going to take a year off, and then I just haven't gone back because of obviously how it's kind of continued to go. Yeah, you haven't really taken a slump properly yet, have you? No, well, it's been going pretty yeah. well. this year is. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a slump, babe. Uh, I mean, you know, hey, I Joel mean, chat, we can all attest how incredible. Actually, that's something I wanted to talk about. It's actually in my little little sheet. I I sometimes make a doc with a little couple of things that we want to talk about. Um, and like you know, despite the placements this year for your team, and and I think placement overall at Worlds, my God, you had a good year, babe. Like my goodness me, I think every single podcast like we were in. It would usually be about, you know, post, you know, post event, post something yeah. that, we, you know, you just done. And it was always, you know, a big topic was how good you have been. For the time we haven't been on the podcast doing it, you've got better as well. Like you've got even better. Like you are so good. And there are times when I'm working and I try to stay away from talking about you. And, and it's more so just so that I can show how professional I am and I can show how unbiased I am on the desk because I want to be but sometimes you just don't give me a choice like you're so good like we have to bring you up like you are our player to watch you are you know our sponsored segment are you know th the guy that we're trying to highlight because yeah. you're so good <laughs> you're good at everything like you're so, everything has been so good this year you know how I want to quickly know like from your perspective you know you know that you've been good you're not you're not dumb you're not stupid um but how has it been transitioning into this game? Do you feel like this game you're feeling, you know, super young again, like back in the day when, you know, you were also that guy to watch out for? Are you feeling that same kind of feeling of performance and how you've been doing? Yeah, I feel like um, it's not like I like didn't know like that I'd want to still be competing and all that stuff. But uh, obviously with like the long break from like MCC tournaments into the Halo 5 online stuff in 2020 and waiting for infinite, I definitely was like sitting there going like, I knew I could still compete at a high level, but I think the biggest thing was like not knowing if, if I really wanted to anymore. Like I knew I would give the first year of infinite a shot and I feel like I was like, okay, well like I'll play the first year no matter what, but if I'm not loving it, like how I was not loving online halo 5 in 2020 i'm like i just don't know if i can keep doing this even if even though i was like w winning the majority of the online stuff i just wasn't enjoying it the same um i think that if there's one positive that came out of this year it's i have a big confidence in myself on an individual front and on a team front um that i can continue to play and continue to play for wins i know that my team can and i guess the biggest positive takeaway is just knowing that 
like that competitive drive is really still there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess like that's kind of the big takeaway on the year of, you know, like you said, like I know I thought I played really well and I thought I ha I just gained a lot more. I almost gained like more confidence, like as the year went on, you know, to Did where you feel like in Anaheim that was like for you, like, hold on shit. I'm good at this. Cause Anaheim was like, I feel like the start of when we saw like, that different side to snake bite the snake but i think everybody was like you know wanting to see for the rest of the season and he didn't go away like you kept him you kept him out there but like do you feel like anaheim you were like okay damn like i know again wasn't the greatest placement for you guys as well but as an individual as a player you were like i get this like yeah. I, I clearly i clearly have some talent here yeah i was, laugh was, I was laughing was at you i was laughing at what joel said by the way because he said as his number one fan <laughs> i would never <laughs> uh, advocating for me to play worse so you don't have to talk about me i'm not advocating for him to play worse <laughs> but i'm just like they're like oh here we go here we go twitch chat get yourselves ready get the keyboards out here we go <laughs> she's she's banging him oh she loves him oh Simping. jesus um, you know, that's how it be. It is how it be. Um, no, I feel like, uh, yeah, I think Anaheim, I had like a sneaky good tournament at Raleigh, like, cause we had to play through open and we weren't on main stage other than our matches against optic. I think I had like a 1.3 with like a crazy amount of objective. Obviously we got fourth, but given the situation of like, we had a sub and everything, like I was really happy with Raleigh. Um, but you got to keep in mind, like heading into Raleigh being the first event and we had a sub whatever like we didn't necessarily get like an insane amount of scrims right so like i wasn't sitting there going like oh man i'm the best player heading into this like whatever it's kind of like an unknown thing and then like when we played at the event i was like man like like i was i played really well our team played really well but like obviously individually like i'm winning like loads of battles and doing all this productive stuff in game where i was like man like i like yeah i like that was pretty easy. Like, okay, that, you know, all right, cool. And then Anaheim happened, and yeah, I gained like a lot of um, individual confidence at Anaheim, where I feel like I had like I had like two back-to-back -back tournaments of of playing the same way, and I was like, okay, like you're like you're for real. Like you can keep doing this. And and in my head, I remember saying this in my chat, like, well, like I can basically do this, assuming the infinite stays somewhat of the same, and we can all knock on knock on. I need you to knock on wood for me, please. Um, realistically in my head i was like all right well like you probably are gonna be able to do this until you no longer want to like unless my thumbs completely fall off like and that's like a really good as a pro player that's like a really good feeling of like hey like your individual skill because it happens like you you jump on a new game and it's been a couple years and all of a sudden like you're just not the player you were just by age and maybe motivation factor but yeah the motivation came back and like yeah just feel feel confident and then you know we went out one yeah. kc so it clicked, man. Like, uh, there's no other way to say it. It clicked. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, and also, Spectre, I see you. I see you. We do have to make picks sometimes. I actually have been saying I'm not doing it anymore um, to all of our picks because, like, it forces everyone to be biased, the picks. You know what I mean? Like, no matter who you are. And, and I believe that Sen can do it. And to be honest, the first time I did do a pick, they won. Casey. That's true. So I was like, no one can tell me I'm unbiased. I'm just bloody right. <clears throat> I'm just correct. Um, but yeah, it does get a bit. It does get a bit funny. No, I know. I know you are, Spectre. That's and that's why I was just like, I said to HS, like, I I don't want to do it. I don't want to do the picks, even if I wasn't, you know, obviously engaged to one of the players. I still wouldn't want to do it because it does. 
I think give the broadcasters Those, like something to root yeah. for or against, and I don't like that. I remember Bravo. I, like I remember like talking to Bravo about it, and he said something. He like said that. something really similar where he was like, he hates uh, doing picks because he feels like when the tournament's going on, he's like rooting for teams because of like he wants to kind of like be right type of deal yeah um and yeah i think that that's like Mm -hmm. i just don't like i just don't think that any sports you really as a talent should have to be making that kind of stuff we've made the joke about gaskin as well like we make a joke about gaskin all the time now like yours optics number one fan because we you know we'd be making arguments like you know we'd have segments where they'd put up our picks and like we'd be making arguments for why we picked who and who's our wild card etc etc and it's just like, you know, people get, you know, teams can get a bit butthurt. People can get a bit butthurt, as I'm sure <laughs> lots of casters know. Um, sure as I got you. So it's just like, it can get a bit mixy there for us. Because we're trying, we are trying to to say it as we see it. And from our professional opinions. So it can be really difficult. And to be perfectly honest, right? This year, anyone could take it. I'm like, yeah. Did you see Worlds? Yeah. My God. It's funny because like, it was like anyone wild. could take it, but then like only three did, and it's like that's like no, the, that's like the true, weird. It's like the weird. No, but it does. Like yeah, I mean mm. that's where you see C9 losing the uh, United and, and yeah, you know C9 losing like the United. Too, and, yeah, the absolutely. As well. It's like marginal. I mean, um, we had game. We had a game fives. Uh, this year, G1, Quadrant G1, United. Uh, PK United, like I mean, I mean, in H5, taken down. Yeah, nine? H5. It was like if you weren't in the top yeah. four, like you probably weren't going game five with us. And I, I think that could be said about all the top four teams. Like you would only take other top four teams in game five. Other than that, it was like just seemed to be like three O's, kind of three O's or like three ones, kind of like the whole way through. I think. I mean, I, I don't know. You guys watch H5. You all feel the same way. I think so. Yeah. No, I I um I agree. Has there any b- been anybody who you have, you know, played against in previous uh, titles who's really surprised you with how good they are, um, coming into Halo Infinite? And you can obviously pick some obvious ones. I'm sure we know. Um, but is there anyone else that maybe we wouldn't think you'd pick that you were like, oh, damn, they really get this game. That they're looking really good. They have potential over the next couple of years with this this game to start making some serious noise individually. Can you repeat that again? What was it? So like players who have played in like previous titles who, played who are like lights really out and infinite kind yeah, of? Who's like really surprised you that have maybe like really been kind of like, you know, not really very loud in terms of their, their gameplay in um, previous titles, but this year they've been like ones to watch out for or have really impressed you personally. Um... I don't know. That's tough. Uh, I don't know. That's tough because I feel like like all the people that have impressed me in Infinite like were like really impressive in other games, just maybe not in the same. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like Native Red. I guess like Native Red maybe. Like I, they were really good but in Halo I mean, Five. Like individual players. Oh, uh, like there's certain individual players you're just like, yeah, like I mean, like like, they've got really good at this. Yeah, like Lucid, Lucid and Trippy. Even though I thought they were like really good at Halo Five and were standout in Halo Five, I think they've only separated themselves like more in Infinite. So no disrespect to their H Five game at all, because they were obviously in the top, probably the top three. Uh, They got second at the last tournament. Um, But yeah, I mean, like yeah, I mean, like probably like Lucid, Trippy, uh, maybe like Penguin, Penguin, Talik. I think Talix had a, had a great year. Uh, we're yeah, in like Talek, H5. Sure. Like he's really good in H5, but like I think now in Infinite, he's solidified himself as like a really uh, top slayer. You know, uh, 
I mean, Bound, obviously. As well. Yeah, but Bound was like, like Bound was, was like uh, not fully. fully yeah, he right, he was yeah. like, I didn't compete against him in Halo Five until like 2020, like you know, and it was like, and then in 2020, I knew he would be a really amazing player in Infinite, you know. So it was that uh, it was a little bit. He's that's the only reason why I didn't mention him. I mean, obviously, I think he's like Rookie of the Year and everything, but yeah, Bound was Sounds like, right. yeah. yeah. I'd say like um yeah I'd say those like I think I named four I'd say those four really good picks like Lucid and Trippy I think separated themselves completely in Infinite um compared to like everyone else and then like yeah like Talik uh and Penguin Penguin is really good at Halo Five like Penguin yeah. Penguin is no slouch he was, was good. people forget he was like top two with Liquid um top three top two mm-hmm. top two to three with Liquid um he was on Renegades at the end who were a top four team like Penguin is really really good in Halo Five but obviously solidifying yourself as a top two the whole year is like you're again pushing yourself up kind of the same way i feel like trippy 100 yeah. i think like if you are if you're doing that with your team like we've seen how powerful one team change can be like one person coming in can like change the whole dynamic i mean we see we saw that for phase yeah um you know phase sorry by the way we're probably going to start hearing trick or treat barking because trick or treat is starting it's 5 30 p.m here eastern so if you do hear lots of noise lots of banging and stuff you know, it's the, the little kids are coming around. Um, but I think like one team change makes such a big difference um, to a team. So it's like if you are part of that formula to win or to do well, you're doing something right. Because if you are slacking as an individual and or, or it's not even that you're bad. It's just that it's just not fitting in with the gameplay. Like you saw what happened when they took Snipe down uh, off phase and put King Nick in. It just totally different. Yeah, team. totally different outcome. Or like totally formal for Ola, you know, just a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Just really, really small little changes make all the difference. And if you're part of that formula, then there's no two ways about it. You're doing something right. Yeah. Um. So the fact that Penguin has been, you know, in that in that like obviously that winning domination part, uh, you know, dominating the game, I should say, at the beginning of the season, staying top top two the entire time, doing something right. You know, the guy's been popping off in so many different series. I, it's been really cool to watch that for sure. Um, what about EU Halo? I feel like EU Halo in general in Halo Infinite has definitely put themselves on the map. Yeah, 100%. Like just in general. Quadrant, Ascend. I mean, they're like, it's like, yeah, I would just say any of those guys for the most part, uh, Quadrant and Ascend pro- have proven that they can compete with NA. I don't really feel like in H5, like that was ever necessarily said, you know, like where EU could take number one at a tournament or beat a top four team. Um, so yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And just FYI, yes, we do have candy out people. We have, uh, my parents are actually staying with us for a couple more days until they go off on their journeys. And World travelers. Doing the trick or treating for us. I, we bought a massive, massive basket of candy yesterday cause I'm extra and I want to make sure all the kids have something. Um, it's like my worst nightmare for a kid to be all dressed up, knock on the door and wear out candy. I'd be <laughs> devastated. I'd be, I'd be giving out bread at that point. I'd be giving out bread, uh, anything in the fridge. I'd be like, look, something that you're missing at home that you want, anything low on ketchup, you low, what you low on. It'd just be like, yeah, have this, have this. Fair enough. Um, so we got a big basket um, for the kids, uh, for sure. Um... How does it feel to be the only top team with the most consistent roster, like no roster changes? That is actually true, Abrad. Um, seven years, nearly seven years strong. Uh, the most, yeah, the give longest. Or, give or take, give or take with Brad going to Call of Duty and seven. stuff like that. I but. mean, 
but this is the thing when he went to cod the new title wasn't out it was kind of like recycled i know but you know what i mean it's like you say seven years and it's like but it's true no but like it is but it isn't because like two it's like five years with brad seven with matt and tj but it was like it was yeah but it's like yeah this is true but it's the most it is in history yeah 100 percent consistent um so how does it feel ab wants to know like with no roster changes um yeah i mean it feels good i mean i feel like i think it's been nice to not like through my career i've been really fortunate now with like getting with this group where like just not having to stress about that side of stuff um you know teaming with people that you enjoy teaming with and you're confident teaming with is just a really really great feeling and something that not unfortunately not everyone probably gets to say on an everyday basis uh, i've been able to say that for you know seven years so i mean yeah just feels good confident and like i don't know any other way to like sum it up but yeah just i think it's just one of those things that you can't really take for granted to get on a long-lasting team um because, like, growing up and being on teams that literally never stay together, I think that that's where my appreciation for it kind of came from because it can change, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah. Got my um anti... How cool is this, guys? It has my name on it. But it's uh, anti-shine powder. It's totally see-through. This is the, make- this is the uh, magic broadcasting tips and tricks to stop shining. Um... Yeah, I think uh, team changes and, and teams' rosters are always going to be really difficult um, because it's just tough, isn't it? Like, you're having to take such a big risk. Like, we see that all season long, trying to get it right, the race to get it right, um, having trust in your team or just having team chemistry in general. So I think for your, you know, your guys' perspective, you guys know each other so well. Yeah. You know each other in and out. You guys can say what you want to say to each other. I think that's such a big... A big thing for your team 100%, as well. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Translucent powder is the best. Captain Kenzel, you, it is. It's incredible. It is my best friend. Um, Captain Kenzel wants to know, have, but, having, but having a team that long, what is it like? The good, the bad, the ugly, Peach. Lay it out. Um... I don't like. I don't know. Like, what, like, what's it like to have a team for that long? I Do you mean, get like, more annoyed with each other. Like, I mean, the like, you go on? I think that that's life in general. Like, you, I don't know. It's weird because, like, I think we just know how to speak to each other. To where, like, I don't think we really get um, annoyed per se with each other more. I think the one negative is that we're probably more candid. Like, we don't fear. Like, we've never feared this, but I think even more, like, as years have gone by, like, we don't necessarily, like, care what we say to each other. Like, not like we're saying anything personal or anything bad, but we're not, like, light in the way we put things, if that makes sense. Like, when it comes to, like, needing to improve on a game type or a player needs to be doing something better in a certain situation, um, I guess that's something that's, like, maybe rougher per se because like you just know like your teammates are best friends and no one means anything personal by it whereas like when you're on a new team everyone tries to like really like tread carefully um but i think that's like also a pro so i don't yeah i don't know it's it's been a really cool experience um getting a team of people i consider my best friends you know for a really long time so i don't know how to like summarize the feeling of it but yeah just it's cool to be able to feel confident every day and you get to win and go through stuff with people that you care about and people that you want, that you actually want to be there with. So, yeah, no, very, very true. Um, is trick or treating. Did I just say this Halloween is Halloween as big of a, is, oh, it is. 
Uh, is Halloween a big deal in the UK? Uh, not like the US, it's not. But it, it, to some standard, yeah. I mean, it's it's more so like kids and then clubbing. And I mean, it's just not as, I just don't think it's as wild as in the US. Like, we just don't go all out on, on like, the front of houses, the lawns. And yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Um, But I love it here. I think it's so fun. I haven't really decorated at all for Halloween yet in our house. Like, we just, we're just a bit lazy at the moment. We just can't be asked. But when we have life's, kids ourselves. Life's busy. I'm going all out <laughs> with the kids. Like, life, that's it. Life like, is it's just like, way too busy. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, before October hits, it's going to be sat down with the kids with some notes. And I'm like, right, what do you want to be this year? And we can't go back on it because mummy's planning. Mummy's planning. The whole house will be themed to their costumes. Like, we will get it done. Like, they're going to be the best looking Halloween kids on the block, if not for miles, you know? Um, so we're like, I'm trying to like save that energy for when we have children rather than doing it now. Um, there was another question I saw that I was like, oh, that's good. Uh, where is it? How long have we been, uh, podcasting for like an hour 20, right? Yeah. Okay. We have, we can go a little bit longer if you're up for it. Yeah, we can go a little bit longer. Um, just FYI, we're not going to be answering any teen change questions about Sentinels, just to let you know. Um, well, while I see this one, with Sen's incredibly high standards, how tough has this year been for you guys? Um, yeah, super tough. I mean, we just want to be in every final and winning every tournament that we're competing in. Uh, I feel like like the start of the year is really rough because you have to like almost throw them away. Where like we had to use a sub, Matt was banned, that whole thing. Um, we win KC five month break, and then Orlando. Like I still feel like you know I, I'll just kind of harp on the same thing I said like last year or last year uh, earlier in the podcast where like I feel like we at Orlando and Worlds were an unbelievably high caliber team. Our placings just don't necessarily show that because of the teams that we lost to, and that's just the way the year kind of went in terms of like seeding and brackets and whatever. At the end of the day, we want to win, so I don't like to me like second and sixth six is like not or fourth is just no different you know you want to be first so um yeah. it was tough in regards of like yeah like i don't think like a sixth place is really like good for us it's not our standard or whatever but like if you really look at the micro like look at it under a microscope like obviously i don't think that's where we necessarily were on the year right but um, yeah, it was tough. It was tough regardless, just because I think losing at Worlds and like losing the number one and two team and like, you know, we got three would We didn't, I don't want to say we didn't put up a fight because we had close games, but you know, we didn't put up a fight in terms of like going to game five or anything like that. Um, yeah, it was very difficult because that's just not where we want to be. Yeah, true. And it's so interesting to see like how, you know, we talk about this sometimes as well, like matchups, uh, and who matches up with who better. And it's just so much, it's just very interesting to see like your games are so much closer with Optic. Than they are with Cloud9. Yeah. Um, and matchups really are such a big thing uh, with just like what teams play like and the play styles and how they clash and stuff. So, yeah, I know that nothing but first place is good enough for you guys. And honestly, most of our teams this year as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they all feel the same way. Uh, especially especially C9 when they get momentum too. Like, I feel like they yes. just steamroll over people, us very much included. Um, mm. Yeah, that'll be something we have to figure out next year. Uh, without question because i mean in reality we only beat them once we only beat them at kc yeah. obviously we beat them twice but um something that and we need number. to figure out with their play style very very much and like same thing with optic i think they're the best team in the game i'd say by yeah. a, mar a good margin yes. um but definitely feel like 
we just match up a little bit better with them in terms of the game to game, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, the Nifty Castle asks, what are your biggest hopes and fears for Halo Infinite once a winter update comes out? Repeat that again. What was what? What are your hopes and fears once the winter update comes out? Uh, hopes is that Forge brings people like really back into it. I know I'm really excited for Forge. Probably It's probably the most excited I've been for Halo in a minute because I'm excited to play some mini games with subs and like cool custom games. I'm excited for have Octagon and CTF warm-ups and see some new maps. Um, my fear for it is like what someone told me earlier in the stream where... Um, there's two big fears, and one of the things something someone mentioned earlier in the stream where Tashi said, like, some of the changes coming are going to be, like, controversial to pros. Uh, that's a little bit disheartening because I feel like we've just been kind of, like, kicked around all year, kind of, um, for the most part. Like, love the HCS and love the format that we've had, but, like, hearing that we're going to, like, not like some of the changes coming is kind of like, oh, Jesus, like, what's about to happen? Um, and then the other thing that I'm worried about is that they're not going to be able to fix the servers before Christmas because I think, um, I think that they realistically have like a month to fix the servers. And then at the end of the day, they're going to have, um, like holiday break and all that stuff, uh, to where realistically, like I would just chalk up month of December as a whole in terms of the servers getting fixed. So yeah, that's, that's a concern. Two concerns. Yeah. I think uh, understandably so. I can't comment on the concerns and stuff, but I understand. I definitely understand those. Um, Montague asks... Nifty Castle, like thank you for the sub. Sorry. Yeah, thank you very much. What would you like to improve with your own game? That's quite an interesting one. What do you want to improve on? Um, like individually, is there anything that right now that you feel? I know, man, you, you, you're killing it. I mean, there's like micro stuff that I need to improve on. Um... We we have like a to do list in the chat of stuff I need to work on for next year. Um, being better with every weapon, even though like I'm already good with every weapon, but like getting better with every weapon is always going to be something. I like to be able to go back to like being. I feel like a more lead communicator. Um, I don't think I communicated as well as previous years. But I think that's just what we needed, if that makes sense. Like I think like between how all of us were communicating, I think if I would have like spoken up more i think that we would be more confused than what i inevitably did this year if that makes any sense um so i hope by next year i can kind of go back to doing what i'm a little bit more comfortable with in terms of the communication side i don't know if that fully makes sense because you guys don't hear our comms um but yeah like we we just like we were having a big issue in this game i'm like what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. So like, I kind of like took a step back to let other people speak up, um, in order to try to help us get on the same page. So, you know, and I just don't, I don't know, like it didn't necessarily go great doing that this year. So probably heading into practice for a year or two, I'm going to try to start speaking up and sp yeah, just to, like, even if it's just a tiny, tiny bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got to say I agree with that. I think just because I think the team right now just needs one path <laughs> to follow and it needs to be fully trusted, like the game plan. Just stick to something, trust in that thing. If you will commit to it, you'll also scale that, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to work out for you guys. Um, so, yeah, definitely watching out for, for that one as well. Um, how did we meet? Babe? I don't know if you. I don't know if you want me to answer it or you to answer it. We could both answer it. 
Uh, well, we met at 2018 Worlds. That was the first time we. Yeah, it was the first time we we had spoken like on the phone for like a pre-interview kind of thing. But then yeah, Worlds 2018 Worlds on like the uh, Friday morning, Friday afternoon was the first time that we yeah. ever actually met. Yeah. So for all those pros out there in any esport who don't want to do interviews, you might be meeting your wife or your <laughs> husband. Just saying. It's true. Yeah, you never know. I mean. PJ wasn't so keen on interviews before that, but my God, changed his life. Yeah, shout Best out, shout out, ever. shout out to my team for forcing me to do every every interview pre <laughs> before 2019, basically. Yeah, but I I interviewed him. We had a fantastic interview, uh, 2018, and then we were friends for a while. Um, we game together a bit, did a couple more interviews. Um, yeah, so. Mike, Mike cool. don't start this, pal. Don't start this. Yeah, no, we we were we were friends. I think the last thing I said to him was on Sunday. I put my arm around you because we had a great interview. And I said, "Hey, interview Bay." You did. He went bright red. Yep. And I had Jenna in a van <laughs> in front of us, like just going. <gasps> and uh, I said something to you like, "Hey, if you ever find yourself in London, let me know, and I'll show you around." And I, I went to bed. I was ready to book the next flight and to London. Think, so yeah, you said to the girls like, "Well, I guess I'm going to London." Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, verb, honestly, like it wasn't even. My posture just gets worse either. as I sit here. My posture just keep. It's just I literally sit up and then I just keep sliding down. I can't help <laughs> it's okay. it. It's all right. You can slide down. You can chill. This is like this is off duty podcast time. Yeah, you know. I know. I mean? Um, yeah, it wasn't really, really like a, like a, a shoot your shot type of moment. It was just like a, a genuine, like natural evolving of relationship from friend, from like, not really colleagues, but just like friends, you know, f realizing it was something more, um, you know, it's, it really, when I tell you it was the most gentle, natural shift. I, right? It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it, there's almost like not even like a line where it's like, oh, we're now this. It yeah, was it's just, just something so that it's just something that happened over time, gradual. wasn't it? Like, yeah, just yeah, it really was. It was like, oh, I'm in love with you. Yeah. I have been for a bit. Cool. Like, you know, like that kind of thing. It was it was very natural and both very at the same time like mutual. Um, you know, so yeah, it was cute. We used to throw, uh, we used to play Fortnite and throw love hearts at one another. Remember, like. <laughs> <laughs> I would drop a lot of ammo like anytime she needs you guys have you seen the meme yeah, of like when someone yeah it would time. just be like well I would say she needs something I'm like yeah here you go here you go it's just delivery yeah. boy just here you are and then a quick heart and I was yeah. like oh I love him he's the best <laughs> <laughs> um I've lost my place on where we were um hold on um we've got one here in other sports when you have success over time with a squad and team you eventually have the risk of losing the hunger to win is that something that has worried you that's a very good question. um yeah in some capacity like i think that the hard part with this game is everyone not necessarily enjoying the game the same way um you know, I think when H5 came out, we got to remember it's 2016, so, you know, six years ago, right? Everyone, like, loved H5 when it came out, and there was this big uh, desire to win because, one, that's what we wanted, and then, two, um, like, back then, it was like, if you didn't win tournaments, you, like, weren't, you just weren't 
making anything. Your career is just, just a hobby, right? Um, nowadays, esports is very different where the salaries are very, very high and everyone's treated overall very well, obviously. Um, and the prize pools are all really good and really ridiculous. So yeah, it's a little bit, it's, it's been a little bit of a concern and something that's crossed my mind. I think we do a good job of navigating it. I don't think we necessarily fall victim to the non-motivated factor or non-motivation side of it. But yeah, like, you know, people get older, um, the love for the game slips away somewhat, I guess you could say. Um, but like I said, I think we navigated pretty well. Yeah, you definitely do. And I think passion has a lot to do with, like you said, love of the game. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, I did miss a question. Um, and it was from Icodo who said, LVP, how do you prepare before an HCS event for casting? I do a lot of homework, a lot of research, but the homework is kind of done throughout the time we have leading up to the event, like having to watch scrims sometimes. Um, you know, we talk a lot about stuff and go through a lot of things like, you know, it's great to have my own personal expert on hand that I can go to about stuff and look at his little face. Um, and he just answers questions for me and we just talk through stuff. And so I know if I'm like, you know, on the right track with, with certain things and I have, you know, a few weeks before I put everything that I've been doing and, and listening to and talking about or want to talk about into a big document. I have many calls and meetings with our producers to talk about overarching storylines and where we want to go and if things change quickly is like where we want to change it to. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to create um you know, to create what is the show. And yeah, because like part of my job is obviously having to know what the hell I'm doing and talking about and, and choosing what is the right things to talk about with the, the lads who I get on the desk. Um, but another big part of it is just keeping the show flowing, the organization, the timing, um, the presentation of sponsors. There's there's a lot of moving parts that I have to prepare for. Um, but a lot of it, unfortunately, is done on the fly. So a lot of it I can't really prepare for. Um, so it's just, yeah, I think it's just making sure I still love what I do half the time. Because if I didn't, I don't think I'd be good at it. Um, but that's kind of what um, what I kind of focus on before an event as well. Uh, we got Toast asking, did we both enjoy Seattle after Worlds was over? Um, I did, because I'm with you. But I enjoy anything that I do with you. Same. So any traveling and stuff, like I always have a blast. Um, but karaoke was fun. Seattle is underwhelming. Yeah. I just didn't love the area. I didn't, like, you know, I've talked about my stream. I don't want to go. The food was good. The food was very good. The mm. area we were in wasn't fantastic. Um, it's just sad. You know, I don't know. I hate, I don't mean it in a way of like, I'm not trying to kick people while they're down in life, but it was very, um, it's just, it's just rough when you're in an area that like you don't feel comfortable like walking the streets in. Um, yeah. Like, had a good time. Like, after Seattle, we stayed extra days. Like Lot said, like, Got to do fun stuff, go to good, nice dinners with people that we don't like, you know, you go to events and like you're, you see people, but it's funny because like you see them, but you don't get to like really interact that much. Like you're just working. Right. So it's fun to get to like actually hang out with people that we really love. Um, yeah. yeah. Visual. Um, verb. Yes, I have had to deal with some male colleagues crossing the line. Um, some of those male colleagues are no longer in the broadcasting lineup. Let's just say that. Uh, but. Yeah, quite a few, actually, in my time, in, in many years, in many different ways. Um, but you just handle it. Handle it with grace. Um, do I know how to get... So, um, A-Cheese, do I know how to get in touch with a production company that hosts HCS? I want to be a filmmaker, but I 
figured broadcasting would be a good start. Um, yeah, it's it's eSport Engine. Uh, I believe eSport Engine has uh, a contact on their uh, website, but I'm pr- I'm pretty sure they're always up for people who who you know want to do something in, in terms of broadcast. So check them out, eSport Engine E. Um, uh, Youngs Peter says, what would you say separated Optic from the other teams in the end of the season? Um, I think they just like. I know what I would think about yeah, it. Yeah, I think they just really mastered how to play the game the correct way. Um, I don't think the game is super complicated, but I think they just had a game plan and overall had a lot of trust with each other, and just were able to do everything at the right times. Um, yeah, I mean you could just see it from weapon control to spacing to everything they did it the best. So I think that's really where they separated themselves from everyone is just getting on the same page and all being very versatile and uh being able to just play at a high level consistently. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that. They play very simple Halo and they execute it really, really well. And I think it comes down to their teamwork, which is solid, which is fundamentally built on trust. If one person makes a call, they all go for it and there's no question. Um and it's just all for, I think, being invested into that, that one moment. And it just works so well. It really does. Yeah. Uh, picking up every single weapon in the game as well. If you want to take Optic down, you're going to have to race for the sandbox because they always have it. And it's really, really powerful. Yes, they uh, they're, do. They're fantastic. They're really, really good. Um, Verb asks, how do you weigh starting a family and continuing to excel in your career? That's some deep shit. <laughs> Verbo always asks some tough questions. He does. He like he likes to put the uh, pressure on. Um, I think for me, I mean, we both can answer that. I yeah. think for me, it's when you're ready to change your life, isn't it? Because it, it, I think starting a family is not just about your career anymore. It's genuinely about lifestyle. Yeah, changes your whole lifestyle. Um. And that's what, you know, we've seen that firsthand with your sisters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, secondhand, I guess. But, yeah. you know, you know, it's like it, your whole life turns upside down. It's, it's no longer about you and what you're doing. It's, it's about your, your children, your child. Um, so it's when we're ready to take that step, isn't it? Like knowing that we'll be able to do certain things, obviously. You know, you're not, life's not over, so to speak. But it's, it's being ready to do the juggle, being ready to put in... 10 times more work than we do now because you're ha- you, you're doing something else completely and that's taking 90% of your attention and dedication and that extra 10% that you have left over it's like you got to go 120% in your career yeah so it's just like when we're ready to do that juggle and that balance um and that's really it i i would say for me yeah, I, I, would, I don't know if you feel i would say the exact same it's just mm-hmm. you know it's just a lifestyle shift and yeah just figuring out when the right time is overall you know it's just like you said it's a it's a lot of i don't say like time commitment but like it's just being honest about when when it's time and when you're ready and yeah you know just figure figuring out when the right the right time is to be able to have that shift of focus and kind of be ready for the next next chapter so to say but yeah yeah no definitely um Deedle, you're very sweet i appreciate the gas that is very very nice of you um <laughs> Zeno wants wants to know when can i get a live vod review you gotta pay extra for that Zeno. that one's uh my my price is pretty high on the lvp vod review it's true because <laughs> i'll do it in my announcer voice too <laughs> <laughs> 
you're gonna get actual offers now for for you to critique <laughs> like in like a full presentation <laughs> style uh the nifty castle says lvp what are some of the bells and whistles or additions to production that you'd love to see for the hcs broadcast anything you wish there was more of? oh my god so much i think my main one that i would love if i get if i could like have like you know the priority is a tele is a telestrator oh my gosh being able to like just choose one thing after um after watching a series and coming back to the desk and being like here is the clip slow down in like you know perfect render and being able to get my analyst to draw over it and show mm. like what was and break it down and I, and it doesn't have to be every single time but if there was something that is so good and it was impressive to watch and it's like hey this is what separated these two teams look how good this is that would be amazing to have a telestrator to do that like other traditional sports like they do have in other esports too would be massive like it would be so sick yeah, so sick and i don't think cool. you need to like you know push the hell out of it where it's like why are we analyzing something that's bang average it would be like moments that really would be like hey this would s increase the understanding and knowledge of the game if we could just show how great this was um so yeah that would be sick for sure um, but there's a lot there's lots of other things i would love there's lots of other things uh favorite alcoholic drinks Mine is honestly, mine's like a, it depends on my mood, but I have two. My main one is Disserano and cranberry. Tastes like a, um, it tastes like a cherry bakewell tart. If, if you guys have had that in the UK before, <laughs> cherry bakewell tart, Disserano and cranberry, absolutely lights out. We got King J on it. It's one of his favorites now. He loves it. Yeah. Um, and then my other favorite, depending on like how cozy we're getting but usually around winter time so so now we'll probably have to get a bottle at some point is uh bailey's and it's what we named our dog after you're a whiskey boy yeah i don't really have one per se i'd say like my go-to for the most part is some kind of whiskey um like just if you're out if i'm out dinner or something like that but uh i don't really have one i kind of like i love uh cranberry and serrano like a lot but don't really have one i'm not it's the same thing with like food i think you'd probably say that i mean you could tell me if you would say this about me i'm not very picky like i'm kind of like oh yeah I, I try most things you know i like every kind of food i like every kind of drink so um definitely more of a whiskey but that's more of like a it's not even necessarily like a favorite it's more of just like a safety thing like i don't know if anyone can relate to that but it's like i just know if i get this it's going to be good or be like you know enjoyable compared to like sometimes like you see stuff on a menu and you order it and it's like 15 bucks and you just are like no like never you know 15 20 bucks like never again you know so yeah i'd say that yeah no i i, I feel you i I, I'm, I like whiskey whiskey's all right huh i like whiskey yeah you drink you you have it whiskey's all right um i was just reading everyone saying lvp ai LVPMP voice pack. That'd be so sick. I said that before the game came out. Like <laughs> a, a talent and like player voice pack. That'd be so sick. Imagine I was like, bloody hell, Spartan. You're nasty with that sniper. <laughs> People are like, oh my God. You got like a, like a triple and you say that? Yeah. Be cool. We should, we should wrap it up, babes. I know. Two, uh, really a two hour first episode back is, uh, is good this is in my opinion. This is the thing with the live. I know. You can just forever. go forever. It's just fun, isn't it? I know. It is fun. Um, oh, I'll answer this one quickly. LBP is a better golfer, PJ or Jay? PJ is technically the better golfer. 
to be honest. But Jay's getting up there. He's got one hell of a drive on him. Cl- like a 300-yard drive it, when he clip connects it, it. Clip it and ship it. I mean, if I had said Jay, I mean, I we could be on the end of a divorce. You know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's there's also a couple of things. Um, but yeah, what a, an incredible way to come back to the podcast. It was so fun. It was fun. I could literally do this for the rest we'll of do, the night. We'll do another one. We'll do another <laughs> one at some point. We'll definitely. Yeah, I think maybe we'll try and do like one live um, every month or something. Yeah, it'd be or fun. every couple of months. Something like that. would be, be cool. kind of fun. Um, but we're definitely going to try and be a lot more consistent with the podcast. I think we're not going to make any promises as to the day. We're just going to try and get one out every week or every two weeks. I think that's just going to be our thing, you know, because at least for like, at least for like a little bit, I think like my, I literally love doing the podcast. So I would love to just try to be more consistent with it to where maybe we can eventually like, is it right now? It's hard in my opinion, at least it's hard to justify, um, being unbelievably consistent with it when we have so yeah. many other obligations but maybe at some point if it continues to go well with your guys support um we'll be able to like add it to the list of like obligate like when i say obligations i mean like in terms of like the best way obviously but yeah mm-hmm. we can add it to the list of things like okay we have to get this done because xyz um because we love doing it but obviously just life is busy and other stuff gets in the way but maybe one day we'll be able to add it to the list of things that we really 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 have to do um yeah because so. we, we really we really enjoy it like yeah. i do if it, it's very fulfilling I yeah. think, doing this and it's just nice to for us to be able you know to actually share what we do mm. together like and actually just do something together considering we're in the same industry and in the same you know workspace yeah. so it's re- it is really nice i find i find it extremely fulfilling and rewarding getting to talk to you about everything same love Which it the best. literally love it um Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. If you guys did miss, you know, if you are only tuning into portions or, you know, you can't stay for the live part, uh, this VOD will be going up on the Two Times the Grind YouTube channel. I think, yep, here it is right here. Um, If you do want to subscribe to the YouTube channel and put notifications on so you don't miss an episode when they do come out randomly, uh, then you can do that as well. But we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to do my sign off as usual. Got to rate the coffee. Oh, gosh. 10 out of 10. I'll be the first to say it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Here we'll we have go. It. We'll have again. <laughs> I will say that this is probably, for me, a 9.7. I really enjoyed this one. Um, I thought it was absolutely delicious. I definitely tasted the chocolatey notes in it. I didn't really taste so much the red grape and blueberry, but I think that's because we added um, a dairy in there. Yeah. Um, but it was absolutely delish. So do check them out. I will have some stuff in the description on the YouTube channel um, and, in, of course, Spotify and iTunes. But this is Ghost Rider, so perfect for Halloween. Beautiful packaging. Can't go wrong with it. Um, but absolutely gorgeous stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love all of you very much. And thank you for all of your questions and for chatting away to us. And uh, as always, we'll catch you in the next episode. And stay on the grind. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> there you guys.